Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Amanda and James who are living in their schoolie on Vancouver Island with their three children. Amanda has traveled around the world and James has traveled around Canada and together they are experiencing the west coast of Canada as a family. This couple is grounded in family and are connected to the land. From learning how to downshift on hills to building an app connecting people living the tiny house lifestyle, this duo is not afraid of facing challenges. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of a Canadian Schoolie podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of a Canadian Schoolie podcast. This time I have a wonderful couple uh, that is going to be joining us this week and sharing their stories and adventures and mishaps. So without any further ado, Amanda, could you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Amanda. Um... I'm 38 and um, I actually am originally from Toronto, Ontario. Um, we, I grew up in Toronto and then I lived on a, a hundred acres from grade six to OAC. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about like what to share here because like, how did we get here? How did we end up living on a schoolie? And um, I did an exchange program to France when I was 14 uh, for three months. And then I did a year in Japan when I was uh, in grade 12. Um, and then I lived in Zimbabwe for three months after university. My degree is in international development, uh, political economy and administrative change. <laughs> and uh, then I came back to uh, Toronto and then I ended up teaching English in South Korea for a year. Um, and then I went to nursing school, which brought me up to Peterborough. Um, I ended up quitting nursing school seven out of eight semesters and met James the week after I quit nursing school and Bob Cajun. So uh, we are from Bob Cajun as a couple. And uh, right now we're living on Vancouver Island in the school bus. Optimistic Prime is the name of our bus. James, what about yourself? What are you, uh, what about yourself? Uh, my name's James. Uh, 39. I was born in Grand Prairie, but I never really lived there. We moved around every year or two of my old childhood, and I kind of traveled around Canada back and forth hitchhiking for a couple of years, I guess, and then settled on a farm in Bob Cajun after a while. Spent the 10 years there, longest I ever lived anywhere my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, what are some of the skills that you brought with you to building the bus? Uh, I can weld and basic. I lived far. I did I had a farm for uh, the ten years, so I did a little, you know, general farm fun. <laughs> so always making things happen in every possibility way. Kind of. So it seems like the two of you have a common thread of travel. With you traveling across the country and hitchhiking, um, is that something that connected you in the beginning? Not really. At that point in my life, I was kind of a, a homebody on the farm. <laughs> I didn't leave if I didn't have to. And then I had a job bartending, but that was just a, well, a winery, I guess. But yeah, these were, <laughs> I liked being home. <laughs> but I would say that we definitely, like, we were actually just talking about this. Like, for me, I'd always wanted a partner that had traveled the world. And, but James had, we just spoke about this before this podcast started. I was saying to him that, like, we, we sort of took different paths to realize the same thing that, you know, we're all so very different. And we learned that through traveling. And James did the, like, across Canada living in, because he lived in Kamloops and Calgary over, like, a 10-year period, but also traveled, like, like hitchhiking and stuff in his teens and was out east. And so he knows Canada better than I know Canada because he's seen the people, mostly. 
and he's been with the people and I've traveled the world in a very similar way. So we've both been on our own since we were teens, essentially sort of <laughs> letting the universe guide us, I guess. Excellent. So Amanda, tell me a little bit about the bus that you're in right now, correct? Yes, we are. Well, James is better at telling you all the numbers and it's a 1996 international uh, school bus. Um, we bought it from um, a school in Toronto. Actually, there's a crazy story um, about, but uh, it coincided with um, a memory I have of my mother from when I lived in Toronto. So and it, we had our second kid. It was like January. It was freezing cold. It was minus 30. I was driving James to his, like, the job he'd always wanted was to work at a winery cidery. So we got him this job at the winery cidery. It was the best job for him ever. But I, he doesn't have a license. So I was driving him 25 kilometers there, 25 back, so 100 kilometers a day. And it was minus 35 and I was pregnant. And then we had the baby and the truck broke down three times over that month. And so it was like really scary every time. Very rural. Yeah, like very rural. And so every time it broke down, the mechanic told us that like uh, it was done. We'd have to find another vehicle. And we're like, we don't even have enough money to pay for like anything. Like how can we possibly get another vehicle? And uh, the only reason we had a truck is because I'd gotten like, you know, $3,000 back on tax return a couple of years before and had hadn't purchased it then. So anyways, James is at work one day and he sends me a message um, of a, like a listing uh, rental in on Vancouver Island. And he's like, well, what if we just went? And I was like, don't you dare tease me because I had wanted to live on Vancouver Island since I was as, as old as I can remember. Uh, my biological father has lived on Vancouver Island since I was basically conceived. Him and my mom were in love. They broke up. He moved to Vancouver Island. And then four months later, she found out she was pregnant. So I was raised completely as, from like by a single mom uh, in Toronto. And I had just met my biological father. So in 2015, I did a 17,000 kilometer road trip out here to meet meet him for the very first time in my life with my cousin and I went home and I said Jamie I really want to live on the west coast like I really want to go um and then we ended up uh he was he wasn't really too keen on it for a bunch of reasons mostly the expense um it was nesting <laughs> yeah and so you can add anything you want to in here um and uh yeah so when he suggested we come out here because milder winters you know not having to put kids in snow suits not having to worry about uh if the car died on the road in minus 35 uh without like lots of savings or anybody coming to save us um living out here when our kids were really little was like a dream of mine so we started looking at like what our options would be to get out here and um we started looking at RVs and then James put on a uh, like YouTube videos in the background of just playing all day long. And they started cycling through schoolies. And do you remember that? Eureka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we saw the buses are like, what? Yes. I want a bus. <laughs> it's like a, you know, caboose, like a train car, almost like the, the concept of, you know, being left to the train track somewhere and being able to stay there. It seemed fun. So did you guys build the bus in Toronto when you had it there, or did you? <laughs> we full built it in Toronto. So we tore the seats out. Our, Amanda's friend had a, uh, a large building, like an industrial park, the back area. So we got it moved to there. And then we had tore the seats out and kind of staged it as an RV at this point to 
get uh, like legality changed over to a motorhome so we could legally drive the bus back to the farm because it was still in a commercial vehicle at that point or a transport vehicle. And we don't have a license for that. So we had to, so anyways, we got the paperwork and the insurance all up on kind of like a rough camping cottage style bus. So basically we, we decided to name our truck Optimistic Prime. Um, and I, James came up with the idea. I, was, I said to him one day, I said, if we want to manifest, you know, what this school bus, then we have to come up with a name. And, you know, they say, if you believe it's going to come true, it will. So James in at two in the morning decide, says, what about Optimistic Prime? I was like, you have got to be kidding me. That is the coolest name I've ever heard. So I went online and I like found that nobody had like OptimisticPrime.com. Nobody had Optimistic Prime on Instagram or Facebook. So we, um, I got all of those things. And I did a video about our truck being optimistic prime and that we were ready to like load our two dogs because the biggest thing was for us to get across the country with two dogs and we had the and we had the two kids and the two dogs and we didn't want to give the dogs up because they're old and like you know they're part of the family and so like tinsel is like 20 years old like it's a shocker that he's still alive and you know arrow's 12 and we had this little truck and so we decided, you know what, screw it. We're just going to go. We're going to see what happens. And we'll just go in the truck if we have to. And we'll just give up all of our things. And then, so we named it Optimistic Prime. And then James was like constantly looking at different, um, like the government websites for like auctions. We'd already gone and seen a shuttle bus. We'd seen an RV. We'd seen a couple different things. And we had thought about an RV, but then we thought we'd have to get the whole thing anyways. And we really liked that school buses were like. Uh, Any RV in our price range was going to be you know, a money pit yeah. in the first place. So <laughs> Yeah, and then and the and the bus, we liked how safe the bus is. Like, you know, we'd seen videos of like RVs flipping and stuff like that and they just get destroyed where it's like nice to know that the like buses are so sturdy. So he found on Kijiji this bus one day for fifteen hundred bucks and we got um fifteen hundred dollars back in our taxes <laughs> so we drove down and there were two buses there and uh, on our way down i said uh, to james how will we choose which one do we choose and he said i want the peppier one and i was like the peppier one he's like yeah you know the one that's like the this power peppy so we get to the guy and he's this principal he's selling these buses because they, it's cheaper for them to rent like a Greyhound to take their kids to, um, it was a camp bus. The last, it was a school bus originally, and then it turned into a camp bus for this school in Toronto. And so it was already painted white, which was fantastic. And there were two different buses and one had storage, like the under and the upper, and the other one didn't. And uh, he started them both. And I asked him which one he chose, He which one was better, just honestly. And he said, this one is the peppier one. And I said, who, what two men in a, a two hour period say peppy? So it was like, for me, it was like, okay, yeah, you got to take the peppier one. You said it, he said it. Um, and so, so, uh, so she became optimistic prime. And then like James said, we drove it, we got him to drive it to my friend's uh, warehouse. And then we were there for the weekend. And I was at my aunt and uncle's house with the kids. Yeah, I didn't sleep much. No, two month old kid and my, my one and a half year old. And James just like from dawn till dusk. I was tore sleeping out, in the bus. Tore, yeah, <laughs> totally. And he just tore out all the seats. And my friend, because it was like a carpentry shop, he ended up bringing out. Yeah, uh, CNC'd some plywood for 
just the flu. Yeah. And so he just dropped it in, and then James did the basic staging of RV. <laughs> yeah, well, that took we went back for that. Remember, yeah, yeah. it was parked for a little while, but that was the first. That was the first go, and then we got home. Um, and then James said, pretty much at the same time, uh, "Well, we 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 made the best honeymoon ever. Maybe we should get married." <laughs> And so I was like, really? I'm like, I've been wanting this to happen for so long. And you want us to like, because basically our decision was we had maternity benefits. So James had parental benefits. I didn't because there was not enough time for me to get enough hours uh, between the two kids. So James had parental benefits at this point. And so we knew we had till October where we would have, you know, 55% of his normal, you know, minimum wage job. Uh, and so that we could potentially get across the country if we made it here by October. So we were like, we wanted to spend three months across the going across uh, the country, at least give ourselves three months and give ourselves two months here to just make sure that we uh, had found a place to make money when we ran out of money. And um, so it was like this me packing the house over because we got the bus middle of March 2018 and we left on June 21st, 2018. So the bus was like the most basic, like innovative, all out of James's head. Yeah. So James has always been super innovative. So he made like all of our shelving out of old milk crates and, um, what are, what are these called again? Pallets? Yeah, just pallet board. And, you know, he... <laughs> a wood stove out of the yard. <laughs> yeah, this guy down the road that, uh, like, our, our local hobbit, he actually lives in a hobbit house. He brought us, like, a early 1900s stove that James tried to refurbish because we couldn't believe how expensive stoves were. And we knew that, like, well, I was super terrified of having the stove in the bus. That was my one condition we had to have. I was like, any cottage has a wood stove. <laughs> There's no way to keep them warm. Because we didn't really go to the way to insulate the bus because it was, you know, it's a summer trip. We didn't know if it was actually going to make it. So we're like, we didn't put the uh, the time and money into, like, fully, like, you know, winterizing and making it into a, a full house house. It was more of a, a cottage. So, like, wood stove for sure because that'll keep you warm no matter what. <laughs> you can always get wood. This is Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we did not like. Uh, I I protested it for a while because, like, just you know, having a big stove in a small space and like stuff the like that. Which you have not. Oh, but that first time he put it on, like, because I did not. I was hoping we would not be in the bus after the fall. Like, I expected us to, you know, if we made it across the country, because we basically we were so poor that we basically said that if the bus broke down we would just stay wherever the bus broke down. Like we would figure out yeah. how to like get like jobs. Your finger at a map. Yeah. We would just make, <laughs> we would try to, you know, we would just make it work. Like we would just accept the fate that the universe had for us. And so when we, when we made it to Vancouver Island, I can't even tell you, we're just like, it was just the most exciting moment of my life. And then we can tell you the rest of the story in a few minutes or whatever, but um, when the first time we're like the fall hit and James put on that wood stove, I can't even tell you, I was just so beyond thankful that he had just, you know, made, made sure that we had the stove in, in, in the, uh, in the bus. And we've since upgraded to a, 
a much nicer story. It's a nice, yeah. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a 1900s though. It's, it's got a glass window. It's super fancy. Like 19, <laughs> what is it, 1990s? You think? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's new enough that it looks out of place in here. Yeah. <laughs> so did you folks have to do because you're living in it during the winter? Did you have to put any more insulation in it, or is the new wood stove enough? Uh, well, no, I did put uh, just that foam board, the you know, pink and blue boards I line. And then we just kind of skid, kind of connected in. It kind of ins in and out in the summer. We didn't really go out of the way to insulate, though, yeah. The buses. We live in Vancouver Island. Yeah, that's why we wanted <laughs> to make it to Vancouver Island. <laughs> it's, uh, our winters are beautiful here. It's zero. I was like, oh, what a chilly day. Let's get the stove on. Yeah, I guess it's more about having a roof that doesn't leak due to the rain all the time versus the uh, coldness. Well, the funny part is it doesn't rain at all here in the summer. It's like it's a switch. Like the winter time, it kind of drizzles. It never really pours. It just kind of rains constantly a little bit every day. But yeah, it's not like heavy rains really very often. And then all summer, you never see rain. It's like arid. It's super strange, the weather on the peninsula. Yeah, we're quite surprised. We live in a, on the Saanich Peninsula, so it's a kind of like a specific place on the island. But yeah, our weather is literally sunny in the same temperature every single day. Then the winter is cloudy. With some rain, the same temperature every day. <laughs> There's no surprise. So, so you recommend the location for others? If you don't like the surprise of weather, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you never see lightning. There's never a storm like that. You know, Which I miss. Yeah, I do miss that. That's one of the things you miss is actually the uh, lightning storms. You just we haven't. If there's lightning here, you're worried. Yeah, you hear about it from like, you know, like miles away. Like, there was a lightning strike. I was like, wow, and everybody talks about like the lightning strike. <laughs> and whether or not it caused a fire. Yeah. So where do you have your bus located? Is it in the countryside, in an urban area? How does that work we out for you guys? Are on a native land reservation within the peninsula, which is kind of attached to a small town and a series of towns in the greater Victoria area. So it's kind of a hard it's rural but kind of city but also you know you got the back in time kind of feel of relax the reservation kind of thing going on cool yeah so that's it's not crown land i guess then is it uh no it's well no it's federal land i guess is the way it works because it's under the whatever treaty that the people we rent from we rent land from a family who's under a native treaty and so it's federal land i guess we don't have to federal apply. jurisdiction yeah. the reason because you can't live in a bus under the provincial area because it's part of the the greater victoria area, which is the crd capital region capital district region yeah so yeah they're real stingy about making it look like you know up and up kind of stuff <laughs> so a bus would be a no-go with them but since we're on federal land within their jurisdiction it's kind of a, a fun kind of like in their face <laughs> <laughs> so we have chickens and you know a skid fence that keeps our dogs and kids from going onto the road <laughs> it's uh, you know it's a fun and then you got lots of like fancy porsches and stuff driving by to the billionaires who live down the street because <laughs> we're like in a, a super rich area except for we're like the old timey place of it <laughs> yeah it's a curly crazy story how we ended up on this land like it's uh we ended up being on a, a work trade farm on salt spring island for a couple months in the fall once we got here and uh it was really it was really special wonderful time 
um, but they were all cracking down on having the people living in motorhomes. Um, and so we just one morning woke up and I had this feeling about to get raided. So we were about to, we were that, that the time had come for us to say goodbye. And then I got a phone call from the, uh, the guy who we were, we were staying with and he said, yeah, they're coming tomorrow. Um, so we're going to have to ask you to leave today. So we just packed up and we had no idea what was going to happen to us next. It was the, beginning of November so it was getting colder uh we had just run out of child or uh our parental leave uh we so we only had our child tax benefit um which was like at this point we had two kids so it was twelve hundred dollars a month because this was maximum and uh that was all we had that was the only income and so we went into Victoria and I remember so one of the things about our crazy thing about our story is that we got married um with a sort of ceremony that I had written in uh, on May, um, Victoria Day long weekend, 2018. And I'd always wanted to get legally married in Victoria. And our anniversary is November 7th. So we actually got kicked off the farm on like, I think it was like November 4th. And I was so scared about what was going to happen to us. And then I thought, well, that's weird. I did ask the universe because even though it was only like 30 minute ferry ride from Victoria, like we would never have come to Victoria if we hadn't actually been kicked off the farm. And so <clears throat> I told James, I said, listen, like if, you know, the universe is going to save us, we should probably get married legally in Victoria on our anniversary. So I found uh, somebody, you can't actually go to the city hall anymore. So we actually had to hire the person. And there was this lady who was just down the road and she agreed to legally marry us next to our bus on our anniversary. So November 7th, 2018, we act I actually became an archer. And uh, then we ended up going out to Goldstream. And in BC, there's this really weird rule that they have because they allowed people, because they made a law a, or a rule um, a few years back to allow anybody that has, has a disability to go and stay in parks for free. They actually, in order to make it so that it's fair, I guess, quotation marks, um, they have made it so that nobody can stay in a park for more than 14 days in a, calendar year. in a calendar year. So that was a really hard thing to come to terms with. So it was like the beginning of November, it was the middle of November. We were, we ended up going out to Goldstream. It was like, I think at that point it was like what, $8 a day or $12 a day. Oh, it was super cheap because nobody ever goes camping in the winter time except <laughs> people <Jeez>. like us. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're in the, we're in the park. Um, and then it got pretty cold. So we got that, that, uh, that load of wood delivered to us in yeah. the park so that we could stay warm. And out of nowhere, this guy, it was like our 14th day there, right? It was like a 13th day there or something. And right on my birthday. Yeah. Mushroom, you mean the mushroom picker started hanging out? Yeah. Yeah. So this guy shows up and he's a mushroom picker and he's like, does like the chanterelle, like all the, what are they like? I don't know. Oh, he goes, he goes to old burn blocks and forestry stuff and picks the mushrooms out on contract and sells them to restaurants and container ships kind of thing to move them or whatever. <laughs> but anyways, he hooked us up with a, a job industry here as the tree farms for forestry. So they have giant nurseries. And so I started working at tree farms, me and Amanda both. <laughs> we went and lived on tree farm. It was kind of led to where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, so we, so this guy 
got James an interview. So he drove him out to the peninsula, which was about 45 minutes away from the, um, from the park we were in. And he had this interview and he told them we have a bus and we have two kids and they agreed to hire him and that we could park the bus on their land. And it was like a, yeah, tree nursery for, for the, the, the forestry industry. So I, we ended up driving out to, uh, right after that, out to what um, Jordan, River. Jordan River. And we sat there on the edge of the Pacific for a week with no cell service. Nice just warm fire. Yeah, with a nice warm <laughs> fire because James had done it. And we brought that wood out that he had had delivered. And we just, um, you know, contemplated the, the, the next leg of the journey. And then we ended up on West Saanich Road, um, which is actually, ironically, this road that when I had met my dad, um, a few years before I drove down this road and I thought, I wonder if James would move out here, live on this road and have a little farm. Cause it's like this, it's like, it runs parallel to the highway that runs from the ferry to the city. And it's this really, spe really special, most beautiful road I've ever been on. And it runs uh, parallel to the ocean along the peninsula. And, um, so this job ended up being on this road. And so I worked from 7.30 in the morning till 3.30 and James worked from four to midnight every day for 12.50 an hour. And um, we ended up making enough money over two and a half months to buy a car, which was a big deal for us. We ended up buying a thousand dollar car. Oh my God, I remember taking the bus to like the grocery store. <laughs> the best. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that today the dogs yeah we had to pack up everything you know we go with like the full crew to the store <laughs> yeah don't miss don't miss that as much yeah <laughs> so we were parked there and then this guy that james was work we ended up working with after i because what you do is you package up all the baby trees to be sent off to the tree planters so um james when that was over in like what february i guess then you ended up becoming you ended up getting hired in like different areas so you're like building that greenhouse that greenhouse right and that's when you met our neighbor who found out suggested yeah it was criminal you're living on a tree farm paying rent you should come live on the reserve with him <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like you're part of my family now so yeah they they've been super warm and nice to you know the indigenous people of the areas because i mostly the workers at the tree farm are indigenous that's or mexicans who get flown in to work because it's you know farm labor it's not a normal job for people these days apparently so yeah they uh they took a liking to us and we've been living on native lands for the last two years and you know pretty nice <laughs> yeah so the family that we rent from is like super super kind and they have the way that it works here on the reservation is that each family owns their own land and so you, we just have to deal with them and we just paid them our monthly rent. And because it's federal land, the, um, the, 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 the local bylaw people don't have jurisdiction over um, our, our living situation. <laughs> Which we have like water and sewer, like a septic and all that stuff. So it's, it's normal. It's like a camp, like a campsite, except we got like a quarter acre kind of thing. It took us six months to get power though. Yeah, well, yeah, we didn't have power, but I didn't mention power, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been running, uh, like, the first six months we were here, we were running a generator, and, like, we have, we came out with, like, a very basic uh, solar yeah, system. Yeah, solar is for charging phones. and Tablets for yeah, the kids. Keeping that kind of stuff running, for sure. 
yeah, the generator was the uh, mainstay for the first good year, year and a half. Yeah, that was the main, our main, our main, what was it? What, did, uh, what, what kind is it again? It's a Furman. It's basically like those Honda quiet inverter generators. It's the same thing, but their version. So it's 2100. You can run two in parallel if you wanted, but ours has been great. I've repaired or changed most of the lines and everything through it over the couple of years of hard use, but yeah, it's still a good little generator. Yeah, we were talking about power. I was uh, before this uh, podcast. I was talking to James about like the power thing, and that like how we're, we're remind. I'm trying to remember. You know, it's been we bought the bus three years ago now, so it's like it's been a while since we were on the road. And uh, and I was I was asking him like, what was that thing again? Because one of the things that he had learned is like, especially if we're out west, that the it's cloudy a lot. So he had um found out by you're watching a bunch of people right from england or something like that and then oh I'll... yeah the, the the battery selector switch it's like a boat it's big in boats so you can switch which your house batteries to your like start batteries and then the one we have you can run them both together so when we're driving the bus the uh, the alternator on the bus would power all of our batteries and charge our house batteries as well and that's how we travel yeah because the solar didn't do much but from your driving the big bus power and just charge up all of our uh, little glass mat batteries and you'd be good for at least a couple of days on that which we always drove every we drove every day practically when we traveled so yeah and when we were traveling like we we had a bunch of stops and most of them were with people we knew like close by so to we people we knew or we'd stop at campsites and then um we never did we pay for oh and so we did pay for power at many sites. I think only that one in uh, Nanaimo, I think we got power there. Yeah, and then well, you were talking about, I heard on your first podcast about the Kakadaka Falls. We were parked there. Did they not have power? They have power there, know. yeah. Will we pay for power there, though? Well, we used know. to get the cheapest site. We just roll in. Can't, <laughs> it cares. It's a place to stop at a shower. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. We don't have a shower. We like we really, we really have a basic build, and it's been actually one of the things that's like I have had such a hard time with like sharing our story because like we really are the proof that you can do it on nothing, and like we've been doing this now for almost three years, and it's still a very basic build. Like. We finally, we took out, when we left Ontario, the floors weren't even finished and they were just the, the plywood. And then I got so the sick and tired. Of, yeah, yeah, the kids would color them <laughs> and they were, you know, it was, it was just like a non-worried space. And, um, and then, you know, the first winter we were in the bus, I just, I felt like I needed more of like a homey feel. So I ended up buying those tile, like just stick down tiles that have like the white and black squares, like the old diners. Um, so we put those down on the ground and like it, it, the floor gets cold in the winter. Um, this year we ended up like putting straw bales around the bottom of the bus, uh, just just to sort of actually hay bales that are cheaper. (laughs) Oh, hay bales. Yeah. Well, I don't even know the difference half the time. Um, and so that was like, but the, the, the wood stove gets super, super hot at the front of the bus and um, our beds at the back of the bus. So it uh, is pretty regulated. And we actually, this year was really mild, especially compared to like last year. Like we, we yeah. never, it did not get that cold here at all this year. Like maybe so one like or one two days. Weeks, it wasn't even cold. Yeah. Like minus five, like nothing compared to the rest of Canada. So one of the uh, interviews I had a while back was another Amanda and Gary 
Uh, they're both British. They're living in Nova Scotia right now. And what he did in the same situation that you're in right now with the cold floor is he bought those small half-inch foam mats that kids play on, and he lined his yeah, entire yeah. floor with those, and he said it's perfect. We had those the first year in, but they just, with the dogs, they kind of rip them up and the dirt gets into them as always. Yeah, with the we kids. We phased them out, essentially, with yeah, the dirt of the dogs and the kids just constantly, like... Ripping them up? Just, yeah, it's... They... <laughs> Yeah, we moved away just for the dirt process because it just gets in and around. It's just a huge hassle to take them out and clean them all the time. It was, exactly. But it was more when we had them. Yeah, because we do. We have three kids, so we actually ended up getting <laughs> pregnant while yeah. we were <laughs> parked at that tree nursery we mentioned. So that was like a huge deal, and uh, it was really scary uh, to be honest with you to like decide like we we're gonna have a third kid in four years. Uh, I was. I, I never thought I could get pregnant, so it's uh, which is a whole other story. But um, to get pregnant three times in four years has been quite the adventure. So that was another reason why this family was so gracious in allowing us to like share their land um, because they they'd heard that you know we're we were trying to figure our lives out and we were you know we, we have big dreams and. Um, so I got a midwife just down the road and Jameson was born at the local hospital. And, um, yeah, so it, so he's been, he's been, he's a bus baby. <laughs> Jameson Moon, our bus baby. definitely the, the most well-rounded little baby I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. So the other two kids are four, uh, Delilah's four turning five in July and Sterling uh, just turned three in January. And then, uh jameson is was born in september uh 2019 i guess yeah so he's a he's a bus baby slash covid baby <laughs> so he's pretty isolated he's got two kids to play with every day so. yeah which is why we ended up choosing to have more kids is because we thought that it was really important for them to have siblings because i was an only child and james has three sisters and I'm really, I'm really thankful for Jameson to be born right now too, because I had, because I'm a waitress uh, most of the time, um, and so not being, so James has been actually ended up working at a different tree nursery for the past two years. So he works from what October, September, uh, September uh, August. So we go picking cones. So they were chilling. It was late August. Late August. So fr from August to like April, May. So he gets the summers off because yeah. of the way that the tree nursery is set up. Because the plant, the trees have to grow. So yeah, we just put an automated system for growing. Then all the work's done in the spring and the fall and the winter. So it's great. The summers off to go to the bay every day with the kids. And, just... and he does the gardening. So he built a whole garden. Oh yeah, we got a big garden. <laughs> yeah so we have like a tight like a tiny like a tiny farm on this land and it's really i mean we're very with a bus plant in the middle of it yeah, yeah we're like we live on a our bus was fifteen hundred dollars like i said and we put about what four thousand dollars in total like to get the brakes done and right. to get it the insurance and all the everything like all the stuff that we did to it we added a radio and things yeah, like that pretty much all solid yeah, and then like what seven hundred dollars for the generator and stuff. So we did like no, we traded the other generator had. Okay. For the money that I bought, I sold that big generator had for the welder. Oh right. And we bought that smaller generator with quiet, more stowable with the exact money. Right, right, right. So yeah, so it's been 
it's been super basic and we live on a road where there are 10 million dollar mansions so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's crazy discovery really fancy bro if you like real estate to uh, like play on the <laughs> there's some really nice houses in these neighborhoods <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely james spends his days looking at real estate imagining us making our millions <laughs> so you see the neighbor's house this thing's amazing <laughs> it's literally a castle <laughs> So was there anything from the beginning of the build that you would have considered doing differently? Yeah, it's the floor for sure. If we would have started off with an insulated floor to boot, because the floor was kind of one of those things we had to kind of rush and get in. And then once you start putting stuff on a floor, it really becomes way more work than possible to really change it. But yeah, that would have start, like and start with insulated floor would be number one <laughs> <laughs> where everybody else starts yeah yeah well we were rushed it was it, it didn't work out that way for us that's just the way the cards fell <laughs> yeah and I, you know it's funny because we've made the best of it. we just wear crocs like slippers that's great yeah yeah i i think you know one of the things that's so special about Actually, yeah, crocs for slippers outweigh those foam mats the floor because your floor always has that foam on it no matter where it steps <laughs> <laughs> Logic. You can sweep it. <laughs> Logic at its finest. I think, you know, one of the things for me, like I, you know, I went to university and I, I, I have always been like, I it needed to be perfect before I do anything. I have. And, and so this whole journey of my life, especially this stage has all been about like, just like allowing it to just evolve how it's supposed to, like how it's going to. And I've really struggled with the fact that like the floor wasn't done properly to begin with, because I've wanted to like build onto the floor, obviously. But once we got the wood but cut, once you got it, once we got it in, and once you know it's sort of like because we were trying to pack up this house, sell all of our things. I had this baby, and we had to be out by like July or June so that we have enough time to get across the country. And it was like just this crazy experience that like I have struggled with that. But like James always has reminded me, if we had done any of that stuff, we wouldn't have gotten on the road. And I've seen so many people who've, who've, you know, spend their, they also are like me, they want it to be perfect. They spend a year and a half and, you know, it's still not done and they get discouraged. And so I'm really thankful, especially how it's all played out in the past three years, having Jameson and then this whole pandemic thing, like, because of all these things, I've never felt safer in my entire life that I own my own house. Nobody can take my house from me. I'm on land that I only am responsible to the landlord, to the people who own the land and that nobody's, you know, so even if we became, even if James lost his job, you know, we would still be okay. And I, I, I'm so thankful that we just sort of jumped into this abyss of like, I mean, the bus is named Optimistic Prime because like I always say, like we went into the mystic hoping that the universe would save us. And that has evolved into me creating this app, which, you know, I really want, I really want to talk to you about because it's, you know, I really want to help the people like us who, you know, like I'm a city kid, moved to the country, never really adapted. And now, I've, you know, this whole journey has been for me really, you know, being able to go with the flow and like being able to, like our first fridge was an ice maker and coolers. <laughs> and then when we got power here, we got a little beer fridge. And now we have a giant fridge sitting outside of the bus, which is great, and a freezer. Um, so we're like sort of semi in the bus with an outdoor kitchen. 
10, 15 chickens to put in the freezer at one point. <laughs> yeah, and we have chickens. So James, uh, James, I don't know the word, <laughs> the chickens <laughs> on Christmas Day, right? Didn't you this year? It was like around Christmas. So we have our own chickens and we get oh, eggs. Well, the roosters started getting mouthy, so they had to go. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't want to make the neighbors unhappy about the constant crowing once they hit maturity. So we got, you know, mixed a lot of chickens. So there was a day where I got up real early and kind of fixed that problem. <laughs> we even need, we still have some of the fridge. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So James has been the gardener forever. So he, he created a whole garden for us and he, he's the farmer. So it's nice for, it's nice that you have the little farm. And that's with vegetables as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I get, uh, working in a tree farm. So anyways, we have these the giant tree blocks that we plant the seeds in. So I got a bunch of broken ish ones that they just throw out. But to me, they're like, it's a giant seed starter. So we start, each one has about 125 cells, and we plant out like 125 spinach, 125 this lettuce, 125 <laughs> that lettuce, so they get stacked there. Then, you know, you sit with the kids in the garden, transplanting little, like, you know, plugs of lettuce and stuff like that, and making little colors, patterns with the different red ones, the green ones, and the. <laughs> yeah, we got a giant, for the size of the area, it's a giant garden. It's the biggest one in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> And James is so good with the kids. Like, you know, last year he grew fennel and and the ladybugs landed on it. And so James is out there with the kids, like well, we had aphids and that brought the ladybugs. And then the ladybugs laid eggs. So I got the kids to farm the ladybugs. So they would go there protect the ladybug larvae every day, make sure <laughs> watch the life cycle. And they got really into it. They invite the neighbor kids over to show them the ladybugs. Like, this is the baby ladybug. <laughs> It turned into this whole cute thing where it was like <laughs> they were teaching other kids about, you know, the life cycle of a ladybug and how they get in the garden and so on. <laughs> That's amazing. Super cool. And what a great learning opportunity for the kids for their education. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The war, like it's you know, the chickens, too. Oh, my God. Our oldest, the, our daughter is number one fan of chickens. She's trained them she's like the new rooster so if they see her they do the submit thing and drop and they just like they can walk up she picks them up because they know she'll just relentless she'll just chase them until she catches them so they've given up even running from her <laughs> just kind of stop and drop oh she's here <laughs> <laughs> so true yeah she's the dominant in that relationship and she loves them they're like her little you know egg every egg day dollies, yeah guess. it's her favorite thing to do is to go out to the chicken coop. she makes up names for them every day <laughs> yeah none of them have real names they have just like sounds I think. I yeah the new language she uses yeah i call it light language <laughs> and uh yeah the kid i it's really special to have to live on the bus with the kids at this age i think you know they only ever want to be around us and I think like Delilah, when we had Sterling, she got really, it was really hard on her to be put in her own bedroom because she slept, we co-slept until then. And, um, and that was really, really hard on her. And I could see like this, these effects on her. And then we moved on the bus and basically they just started sleeping with us again. Like they had their bunks. They have their bunks. They've evolved over the past two and a half years. Like They now. go to bed in now they do yeah <laughs> all right james so what's a piece of advice that you would give for people out there yeah when you, you start the build definitely do a good job on the floor like get everything out tear that out and then you know build it up insulate it and it makes you have enough height 
for what you want kind of thing to there. Like we have really thick plywood and then it's kind of on the original deck anyways. So we ate up a lot of space and it doesn't really insulate that well. That's one of the things that we'll never fix probably. And it's one of the things you wish you would have started with because it's the hardest thing to fix after. <laughs> Definitely put a nice floor in. Yeah, in our next bus, we have a dream of having a, a, a the next bus is named Metatron bus. And uh, I tell James, like, I want a heated floor. I want like, <laughs> a, I want the full nines when it comes to the floor in the next one. Yeah. Well, that was the biggest That's why thing. We never did it. It was yeah. just too convenient not to. We already had it good enough. And yeah. and we were going to go to the warmest place in Canada, which was like our biggest out. And we didn't think we'd be in the bus for the winters. So it was. Uh, yeah, being a $1,500 bus, we, you know, you couldn't really give it 100% of your, like, yes, this is going to work. <laughs> this is going to last. <laughs> It was kind of like, yeah, we're not going to put the money into that. Because <laughs> we didn't even know if it was going to get us across the country. So it was like, you know, how do we make sure? We we called it the glorified moving truck. Like it was packed. We had way too much stuff when we got in it. We gave away oh, yeah. so much stuff while we were tra like traveling across the country. You so overheated a few times. You were overweight. We didn't, we didn't really fully understand downshifting on hills to start to. Yeah, first day. <laughs> so you're like hitting a hill and like, you know, third gear overloaded and it's just boiling by the time you get to the top of it. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, James, maybe explain that to folks out there in case they uh, don't know what that means or how to work around it, downshifting. Oh, yeah. Well, we found out pretty quick because our first, <laughs> our first trip, we had all the weight possible. We, everything we talked about, we got rid of so much stuff on the trip across Canada. We just need downsize every, you know, like, we don't need this. What were we thinking? So, anyways, like right. we started off with speakers and our like oh, mixing, yeah. our mixing board. In case we ever had like a party, that was, <laughs> that was, that was, what if we just want to have a good time? <laughs> yeah, so we gave that we 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 sold that to our friends in Suze Marie when they fixed the brakes. Right, that's where yeah. was he doing there? No, we just changed it. Oh, okay. anyways, the downshifting thing. We, so we're just we're going to a music festival to kick off the trip. It was uh, Ohm. Ohm, yeah, Ohm Fest. So we're heading to. Anyways, there's a couple of giant hills. Horseshoe Valley. Yeah, Horseshoe Valley. So we're coming out of Downs, nice, but then coming up out of Horseshoe Valley with all, all the weight we ever had in the bus. Like the moment. First time ever driving the bus. Yeah, just driving in New York a car, like in drive. <laughs> so, yeah, did not like that hill. I just. So I was like three quarters up the hill and my foot was like to the bottom and I was just like going down, like it wasn't going any further. And I said, Jay, I'm like, James, like, and it, like, I looked down and the, the, the heat heat thing was like right to the top and i was like freaking out james was, like just get to the top i'm like i can't get to the top like we're oh. screwed and so we had to like pull over right there three quarters of the way up this damn hill and he popped the the hood open and the coolant was like boiling and so uh yeah so we just like let the let the bus rest for like i was freaking out i was like it's our very first day yeah, we went on like a, an hour long hike with the kids and we actually ended up looking over the escarpment. It was really beautiful. And then uh, we were only like, what, five kilometers from the music fest. So we we went to the music fest and then sort of made arrangements to like redo the cool, like we flushed the coolant, right? We did a bunch of yeah, things. Yeah, and then also we learned that this downshifting makes a big difference. So when you're hitting a big hill, like you have to drop her down in the second or first just to kind of keep the RPMs up, you know, overworking the... And then that made a big difference too. Never really into first though, second. <laughs> yeah, like depending on the hill, you'll feel the speed you're at. But I mean, you got a better feel for driving the bus, I think, after that. 
Yeah, and like up and down, like yeah. that, it's, you always have to gear down, and that way. Our bus is an automatic, so you don't naturally think about gear. You just kind of like put it in drive and go. It's kind of like, yeah, we're in an automatic bus. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that going up and the I, I remember just being so terrible because, like I said, I'm the only driver, right? So so James doesn't have a license, and we've never been able to afford yeah, to get I him his license back. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so he did all the like the little maneuvers, like we were like you know at the campground, and I was a little worried about like backing into space or whatever. But like I was always driving, and I didn't understand any of this stuff. So yeah, as soon as we learned how to drop it in, we never had another problem. Yeah, we, that really solved it. And then we didn't drive a lot after that too, because it got really hot that summer, so we would do early. <laughs> yeah, early morning drive, stay out of the heat. Tr desperately tried to stay out of the heat until that so hot that James was like his his way of coping was like I was remembering this earlier today I was like do you remember when it was like plus 30 in Saskatchewan and like you're blowing the the the, the fans <laughs> yeah, he's blowing the, the fans on me and like from the from the engine trying to cool the Just engine off while while I'm driving so like it was really trying to get us across the I totally forgot about all this stuff trying to get us across the country was like you know it was all a learning curve and like how to make sure that yeah we were we were not overheating the bus and and we had to you know getting rid of things and yeah things I flushed the the whole line of that parking lot remember <laughs> I was like I don't want to do this again yeah yeah, and he got you had a new cap too, I think you. Yeah, I changed it because we boiled it over, so it was probably racked, I figured. <laughs> so yeah, I bought a new cap, and then that was really it, right across the whole country. Yeah, I changed all the fluids again at that point again too. Then we changed the oil up, and since then, since then we've been just running it. Obviously. So Amanda, what would you uh, offer for a piece of advice for folks out there that are either already into schooly coach bus life, or advice for those people who are just starting? I would say sort of learn to allow the journey, learn to enjoy the ups and the downs because, you know, I, I, I always wish like our bus was perfect. You know, I, I, I always wished everything was planned and it was, it, it, it was the way I have it in my head. Um, but, you know, we didn't have much, like we had a goal to be out here and, and, and in such a short amount of time, we sort of were pushed into this scenario. And I'm so thankful we didn't spend like, you know, a year and a half trying to make it perfect um, because we are exactly where we're supposed to be right now, you know, and sometimes it's not going to be perfect. But I tell you, living on a bus for almost three years, like I have some serious ideas of like how I'd want to make the next bus. And, you know, when you, when you're living in this space, there's so much you have to learn anyways, you know, like I can't, I, I can't imagine um, how excited I'm going to be in the future for like indoor plumbing <laughs> and like all the, all the extra, like a shower indoors and stuff like that. And, uh, but I definitely would say like, I, I think I spent a lot of time, a lot of the past three years worrying and, you know, it always works out. Um, that when I, th I mean, I truly believe when you trust the universe, the universe uh, helps you out. And uh, I met James that way after I quit nursing school. And I'm so thankful that we uh, we're here and, you know, how lucky we are to be on First Nations land with a, you know, paying the rightful owners of the land. That's my favorite thing. It's like I give my rent, my monthly rent to people who 
originally owned this land and uh you know we never would have had this journey and be in this crazy times of 2021 you know owning our own house having a little farm raising our kids where they are just around us all the time and that's all they ever want when they're this age anyways is just to be around us and like we don't even have doors like <laughs> we don't have a door in the in the bus so just the front door so they're always around us and the back door and um yeah i would just say jump into the abyss of your dreams and like no trust that it will all work out you know however it does but don't get too attached about how the day is going to go or the week's going to go or the month's going to go or the year's going to go you know like i think this life is really becoming synergistic with like the weather and you know i mean i think now that we're stationary and there's like a sort of a farm feel um, you know, I'm getting a lot better at under at understanding like the planning and like, you know, James has always been collector of heirloom seeds and stuff. And so last year, you know, I watched him create the garden and this year, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit more involved in it. And, and, you know, there's when you're more, when you're stationary, you're creating a little space for your family, you know, there's a lot more like, you know, this year we'll probably make sure, well, this year we actually had enough wood to get us through the winter where last year we were buying wood every couple of weeks, you know, trying to figure it all out so you know there's there's a there's a learning curve in terms of like going the fluidity of life and the ups and downs and then there's also the next stage of like when you're stationary like the the planning the planning for you know what you know is to come i think that that's a, a big and learning your neighborhood too like yeah where you get the good deals with the stuff you want yeah yeah don't be afraid yeah definitely too probably like it's People are very, you know, good at adapting and getting along with whatever way you want to, you know, just don't be afraid to try to live to whatever standard, <laughs> like just to make sure it works for you. Thank you. And Amanda, now in the future, uh, you've been working on this app. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about this app that you've created? With my three kids and my brand new baby built this app out over the past year and basically it's like the this this image i have in my head is to create communities um that can support people like us you know <clears throat> um not only having places uh like like resources so there's so i have an owner section so right now i have 200 schoolies um but i also have so I have bus life, van life, boat life, RV life, and house truck life. Um, I ended up get contacting as many people as I could to try to find people who are living that way to sort of be the main pictures of each of those categories. Um, and then I branched the schoolie section off and I've been really focusing on that because um, my dream is to build this out, this Metatron bus out. And so I have this idea in my head that, you know, getting all the resources in one spot, then I can create this image I have. And it's been really amazing because I've met so many people and been communicating with so many people from my community, from our community. And, um, you know, it's every time I've wanted, I've tried to monetize it, it hasn't really worked out until recently. And um, it's been really amazing because I've, I always thought people would like add themselves, but the way it's gone is um, I've been adding people. So I go through all their pictures and I go through their stories and on Instagram, I have to like copy and paste their, or sorry, I have to like screenshot their video and then edit every, or sorry, screenshot their pictures, edit every picture and then drop it into the app. And then I put their, like, I put everybody's like social media. So 
I go to their Instagram and see if like if they have any other Instagrams, if they have a website, if they have a business, if they have anything else that they have on social media, their what their YouTube videos, whatever it is. And so you can just go to my app and it's all divided up into all these different sections, like schoolie section has like, you know, sh short bus, um, small, small bus, dog nose, medium size, flat nose, medium size, dog nose, full size, flattened dog nose. And then every category is broken up. And, um, and that way you can go into like whatever you're sort of dreaming of and you can go through people's pictures and you can see, you know, what other people have done. And then you can, you know, have you, you have immediate access to like their all their social media platforms and all their websites, so that you can like actually because we found when we were doing this, it was really like I've always found it's really hard to find specifics, right? Like bunks and stuff like that. So my ultimate dream is to have a place where like you can go and look up schoolie bunks, and you can just look them up, and all of them will come up, and then you can click on whose whose bus they are, and then you can like find out the plans for that. Like that's my sort of ultimate goal. Um, with the app and then I also have a vendor section and then online resources section There's a community section too. Like I'm hoping that as this grows and other people uh, Start getting involved with it that it will sort of foster um, Like tiny home shows in all, all over that will create community and my ultimate goal is to be able to create um, like people that will have the name of the company is wandering footprint and our goal is to make enough money to buy land and then have like a tiny home community and sort of be the blueprint for the possibility of like having a place where people can either stop for the night if they're like on the road um, or they can stop for longer and stay for longer. And um, and then, you know, build out the, the, the farm that we want, but having community at the same time like i think that i've always wanted to be a farmer and james always yeah we always said we wanted to circle the wagons with the bus at the beginning and uh james is always you know i think he wants to be a rancher we talked about owning horses and stuff but you know we've both seen what happens to farmers and farmers are stuck on the land forever they never get to go they never get to leave there's so much that has to go on with the farm it's so much work and you know it would be really great to be able to create an environment like we had here where you know we don't pay that much we're safe we have a little plot of land to make a little farm so that we can build out our own you know this app this dream and like move on to our bigger and better thing and that i really want to be able to provide that for other people you know that they too don't have to have everything you know in order and thousands of dollars in the bank and that they might you know to create a space where people could drive and park on our land and maybe build out their bus and build build their floor you know like when especially if they're from the city and don't really have a place to do that so my basically the app is called the tiny home app directory and it's uh, a centralized space to share to share inspiration and uh, my tagline is uh support local grow global and we have buses and van life people, boat life people from all over the world. And I've just opened the vendor section and basically I'm finding affiliate companies. So the links on the app are affiliated with the companies. And so if you go to a product that you, you know, think is super cool, like we have a couple of the small, um, couple of the small wood stove companies. So if you buy through the link on my app, then we get a portion of that. So I'm hoping that that eventually leads to Metatron bus and that Metatron bus leads to the wandering footprint, uh, tiny home community slash farm.
And uh, yeah, so it's there to help other people go into the mystic like us and maybe be a little bit more supported. Very cool. You got some big plans there, big shoes to fill. Yeah, I keep dreaming, right? You always got to keep dreaming. So with over 200 schoolies that you've either been in contact with or you've connected with them in person or online, who would you recommend other people out there to follow? Uh, well, if you're not following Schooliana, uh, he's amazing. Uh, he does a lot of stuff online. He's really involved. He just had a he just had a um, wolf pack roundup in Oregon. Um, I'm actually been like watching boat people more lately. So, I'm having a... oh yeah, you're watching boat people. I forgot. Yeah, I, I've because living on the coast, I'm surrounded by boats and boat people. So I've been chasing down more boat kind of like families living on boats i find it fascinating like mermaid monster is kind of a fun one they got three you know, two kids and a couple dogs and a little trawler yacht <laughs> and then i'm trying to remember well it's funny we've never been able to find the person that really inspired us but the tea guy remember yeah, that I love guy? The tea guy i think he's retired though i haven't seen him in a long time i haven't looked but his videos are pretty old yeah, it's funny being on the road. And I did then, like his stuff. His, his bus was great. Yeah. That was my favorite bus. But. And it's like the people that inspired us. Like, I've never run into any of them yet. What was the, his name? The T-Bus? He didn't really have a specific... Yeah, he was have you ever though. seen that YouTube? No. He had this little uh, Ford, like... Short bus. Yeah, short bus. So it was like a diesel, kind of like... Same engine as ours, I think. It's like a 7.3... And he was running around like vegetable oil and he was making tea and he was just giving tea away for free in places he'd pull up and like make tea out of stuff and have conversations with people. It was a great, like he, his bus was super smartly done. There was a little like hanging bear that came down, little pulleys and stuff. I really liked his stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure it was the tea bus. And where? Yeah. And then, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. One of the, uh, the, one of the other families I've, I've really connected with are the McBrowns um they're on instagram under the mcbrowns and then um yeah there's there's so many I, there's so many on um my app that i'm like i think the hansian bus i think that's what the name is there let me let me look it up hands we'll have hmm. I'm so bad at remembering remembering all their their handles. Well, what I can do is I can uh, people can go and they can check out your um, your app. So that's downloadable from the Play Store and the Apple Store. App Store, yeah, both of the stores. Uh, Tiny Home App Directory, and if you look up Tiny Home App Directory, it should be the first one that pops up. The name of the the company, like I said, is Wandering Footprint, and. Um, yeah, you can find right now. I have actually, I just went through all my Instagram uh, messages from the past six months and I have 100 and what, 15, I told you, more schoolies and tiny homes and van life people to add. So it's just me running the whole business. So there will be another 100 or so in the next couple of weeks. And I've sent messages out to, um, that's funny. I sent messages out to, probably i don't know 500 other schoolie people i think a lot of the time my messages end up in people's general folder like in instagram a lot of people don't realize there's a primary folder and a general folder and if you don't know the person it ends up in the general folder 
So sometimes I get random messages like, so sorry. Like, you know, I wrote the person in like August of last year and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even see this. I'm like, no problem. Like I have so many to do anyways. Um, the ultimate goal is to have people be able to add themselves. Um, but uh, if, they, if they want me to add them, you can contact wanderingfootprint at gmail.com. And yeah. Very cool. So James, what would you have for any final words for folks out there across the country or around the world? Yeah, don't be afraid, I guess. There's no no sense being afraid of stuff. It's, just do it. Like, you'll figure it a way. Like, you're not, people are in, super adaptable. Like, you'll figure out a way to figure it a way. <laughs> have no fear. Don't be afraid of trying something. Have a bus. Like, it's great. Do it. <laughs> and Amanda, what about yourself? What would you have for final words for the folks out there? Yeah, try, believe in yourself. Know that any any trials and tribulations that come your way, you know, you learn so much from everything you do and that you are more capable than you ever thought possible and you don't need to know anything. Like you can learn while you're going. Yeah, you will learn by fire. <laughs> like that's what James has taught me more than anything in the seven years that we've been together is that like you can you will learn while you do it yeah, it doesn't you you make it it doesn't have to be perfect before you know you, you can't anticipate everything I think that's the biggest thing you can't anticipate everything you can't know what's gonna happen and anybody who tells you they can is totally lying to you. <laughs> like yeah and I mean I think it, this whole this whole journey especially the schooly life community is really about embracing life to the fullest and, you know, going with the flow. And I would say that um, it's the biggest lesson in trusting yourself and trusting the universe. And uh, it's the biggest, I, I would say it has deepened my relationship with James in a way that could never have happened otherwise. You know, you really become so intertwined with each other. I mean, let's be honest definitely the toilet for each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> the toilet right like you are in a small space you you you're you're in each other's worlds at all times and there is a deepening and uh, an extension of love that has come from this journey and like i've really grown in the presence you know it's it's every day i remind myself like this time especially in our kids lives is going to go by so quickly and the just, you know, not get so hung up on the fact that, you know, we don't have the farm yet and the app isn't the huge thing I want it to be yet. And, you know, we're not, we don't make thousands of dollars. But we have all the time in the world to spend. Well, listen, folks, it's been a pleasure uh, having a chat with you. And uh, I look forward to meeting you face to face at some point when COVID-19 is done and we travel across the country and we'll definitely uh, stop in and say hello and share a bonfire and have some great deeper conversations. Yeah, Excellent. that would be amazing. Hopefully we'll have our farm. <laughs> hey, maybe we'll be the one, one of the ones that'll come to uh, stay on the space. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, thanks so much for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And I look forward to uh, folks going to visit your, uh, your app, Wandering Footprint, and uh, to get their names out there and share their knowledge. Yeah, and we you can find us on Instagram under Wandering Footprint for the business, uh, for the app, or our um, Optimistic Prime is the name of our bus, and that's uh, with a Y, like into the mystic. 
And yeah, so thanks so much. Beautiful. Well, James, Amanda, have a great day. I know it's earlier for you in BC and uh, enjoy the springtime. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram and YouTube under A Canadian Schoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.